bottom of this website says help NRDC protect the environment. Use it. Use the button. Robert Perks, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to a pre-recorded episode of Renegade Solutions. But just because it's old doesn't mean that the environment in our earth doesn't need your help. So please, use the button. Use your heart. Use your mind. See you next week. Mike Perini's coming up next with Pandora's Lunchbox. Aho. Pandora's box is a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Pandora's box is a box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe that means I have Half a mind to stay Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm Mike. Good evening. I said good evening. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and about good evenings. Coming up this week, in fact, tonight through Sunday, there's a production at the Mendelssohn Theater of a comic opera by the name of, it is called, Albert Herring. Now, the question is, do you know who Albert Herring is? Do I know who Albert Herring is? And has anybody heard of The King of the May? Begging your pardon, I'd like to say, has anyone heard of a king of the May? King of the May! Fantastic! Not least suffered, I suppose you can't sing. Maybe it seems a rum sort of notion, but it might help us out of this present commotion. Rum, it may be helpful, no. Near it, hairy, but... Just so! Hairy was the name, and hairy was the land. Albert Herring. Albert Herring. Who is Albert Herring? I asked that question of a certain fellow who happens to be the director of Albert Herring, which is going to be performed at the Mendelssohn Theater this week. This is Robert Swedberg of the University Opera Theater. I asked him this very question. Who is Albert Herring? I don't want to apologize in advance. I recorded it a little bit loud, but it really does sound fine. Anyway, that's the question. So tell me about this Albert Herring guy. What's he all about? Is he a nice guy? Oh, he's a wonderful guy. He's... Uh Actually, he's too wonderful. He, he hasn't experienced much of anything in his life, and that's why he's been selected by a committee um, in this small town to be king of the May. And they've selected him because they haven't been able to find a virginal, virtuous young woman to be queen of the May. And so the idea is, well, if we can't find um, a young woman, let's look for um, a man, a young man who's virtuous. And, and Albert, unfortunately, fits that bill. So tell me about this guy. What does he do for a living? He works as a greengrocer. This is uh, 1910. 
um, East Suffolk, England. But it's very similar, I think, to any situation you might find today where any young man or any young person, actually, is suppressed by authority and wants to find some way to, to break out. Um, I think we see it, a um, couple of recent examples, um, uh, Michael Phelps, for example, you know, who may be similar to Albert in some ways, had, had a sort of an oppressive mum, and um, expectations from uh, sponsors, etc., and apparently needed to find his his way to whatever liberation he found. <laughs> well, Albert is, is similar in that he rebels against uh, this Victorian authority that he feels in this uh, East Suffolk community and um, goes on a binge and comes back. People think that he's dead. Wait, he goes on a binge. What did, how did he go from being just a simple greengrocer to uh, being on a big binge? What, what happened there? Well, I kind of jumped ahead in the story, I guess. Uh, after he's been selected to be uh, king of the May, there's an elaborate ceremony where he's presented with um, 25 pounds, which at that time was about you know $2,500. It was a good amount for a young man who has nothing. And he just got fed up with his situation. He was also very envious of two friends of his, Sid and Nancy, who um, are a baker's daughter and the uh, butcher's assistant who live nearby, work nearby, and they're in love, and he's, he's envious of their situation. He wants the same kind of thing in his life. And so after he's awarded this money and after this elaborate ceremony, he decides to go out on his own and, and taste a little bit of life. And that's when he uh, runs into the situation where he tastes a little bit too much. Uh-oh. Now, this is the point where we say, well, let's uh, maybe find out uh, find out what happens on the next episode of Albert Herring. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's a wonderful opera. It's got great music. And all of these characters, all of the townsfolk, there's a committee of four. Um, the uh, Reverend Gedge, you know, an Anglican minister, and Miss Wordsworth, who is the school marm and um, Superintendent Budd, the chief of police, and the mayor. Uh, all of them have their own perspective about uh, who should be appointed as Queen of the May, and then they all agree on Albert because the only one who's virtuous. And this whole town is ruled by a really wonderful uh, character named Lady Billows, who is just very, very imperious, and, and everybody has to kowtow to her. Um, and so she's the one who needs convincing that such a thing could happen, that they could go with a, uh, a king of the May instead of the queen of the May. Great. Well, tell us something about uh, the composer, Benjamin Britten, I guess for some people who might not be familiar with him. English composer, um, wrote a number of symphonic works and several operas. Uh, Peter Grimes is probably his most famous opera, Billy Budd. Uh, but this is his really, really his only comedy. Um, Albert Herring, written in 1947. He wrote it for a group that was forming after World War II with very limited forces. So he wrote it as a chamber opera. It has an orchestra of only 14 players, um, which also form a, a really important part of the drama. Each, each player in the orchestra has a very colorful uh, characteristic that, um, that, that they play together to form this uh, background for the opera. Um, the music is accessible, um, is um, wonderfully Victorian at times, wonderfully derivative at times, um, and it's just it's a piece that's really easy to get into and wonderfully um, easy to enjoy.
This is Pandora's Lunchbox. This is a conversation I just had recently with Robert Swedberg, who's the director of the comic opera Albert Herring. You know, food, Herring. This is a food show. It's an opera. It's food. It's at the Mendelssohn Theater tonight at 7.30. It's also going to be performed Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to hear another another recording from Albert Herring. This is actually uh, a recording conducted by Benjamin Britten, performed by the English Chamber Orchestra, and looks like they're making their selection. This is a tune called Right. We'll have him. Yeah, right. We'll have him. I'm all juiced up about that. They've got Albert Herring 
And Albert Herring himself is the subject of a comic chamber opera going on at the Mendelssohn Theater this evening through Sunday. In fact, it's this evening at 7.30, Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m., and Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Lydia Mendelssohn Theater. Albert Herring is by Benjamin Britten. That recording is conducted by Benjamin Britten. This will be performed by the University Opera Theater at the U of M for the next four days. You can find out about tickets at 73, sorry, 734, yes, 764-2538. You can also find out about tickets at music.umich.edu. I talked to the director of Albert Herring at the U of M called Albert Herring, this, this by Benjamin Britten, Robert Swedberg. I just had a few more words with him, and I'd like you to hear those right now. What are some of your favorite uh, songs from it? Well, there aren't songs per se. It's not like a typical numbers opera where you have um, arias that are set aside as particular arias. But there are moments that are really poignant. Uh, when, when Albert wants to, to burst out, he has a, a lengthy monologue that, um, that gives him all of the energy and all the reasons that he should do what he does. Um, and there's some wonderful ensemble moments where um, the committee that does the selection um, has their individual perspective about who should be selected and why. So the music is more dramatic and more characteristic than um, than many other operas. Okay. Well, is there anything else you'd like uh, people who are interested about Albert Herring to know? I think it has one of the best musical kisses of any opera. <laughs> Um, and Britton was just a master at writing this. It's Albert observing Sid and Nancy. Um, uh, uh, Sid says, give us a kiss, Nancy. And she says, no, uh, not here in the light. And he says, kiss me. And she says, no, windows have eyes. And he says, kiss me, kiss me. And then there's this, this incredible orchestration that accompanies a wonderfully long, provocative kiss. And it's all designed to be seen through Albert's eyes as he's determining that that's what he wants in his life. And hopefully the audience will feel that same kind of of building, rising energy through that moment. It's wonderful. And I don't know of any other opera where I've observed such um, uh, poignant composition accompanying a kiss. I'm enjoying working with these students. I have two casts of singing actors who have grown tremendously by playing this piece, and I'm just really enjoying watching that happen.
Yeah, it was worth it to wait for that. That's what I was waiting for. The Kiss, yes, that is from a production of Albert Herring, which is conducted by Benjamin Britten, who composed it, performed by the English Chamber Orchestra. And Albert Herring is going to be performed by the University Opera Theater tonight at 7.30, Friday and Saturday at 8, and Sunday at 2 at the Mendelssohn Theater in Ann Arbor. And I'd like to thank Robert Swedberg for having a word with me. He's the director of it. And you can find out about tickets at 764-2538 or music.umich.edu. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food and culture and culture in food and herrings on my plate. And how about lizards? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, it is about lizards, too, because there is a particular kind of lizard called the tuatara. The tuatara is a reptile that is endemic to New Zealand, which, though it resembles most lizards, is actually part of a distinct lineage, the order Sphenodontia. The two species of tuatara are the only surviving members of this order, which flourished around 200 million years ago. And why am I telling you this? Because this just came out in the news. This is something which I just heard about. This is from Scoop Independent News from New Zealand. Mainland New Zealand has discovered its first recorded wild baby tuatara in at least 200 years. And the conservation staff at Wellington's world first conservation attraction, Zealandia, uh, we're not going to talk about that here. Discovery became the discovery came during routine maintenance work, when conservation officer Bernard Smith found the eight-centimeter-long hatchling in an area where nests have been discovered. 
The animal is thought to be around one month old and is likely to have hatched from eggs laid around 16 months ago. This is an extremely significant discovery, says conservation manager Raywin Empson. We knew our tuatara were laying eggs, but we didn't dare hope to find any young. Monitoring the nests 24-7 just wasn't practical. We're absolutely thrilled with this discovery. It means we've reestablished a breeding population back on the mainland, which is a massive breakthrough for New Zealand conservation. Why am I talking about this on a food show? This is what Scoop says. He faces a tough journey to adulthood. Not only will he have to run the gauntlet of cannibalistic adult tuatara, yes, tuatara, eat each other. He would also make a tasty snack for species like moorpork, which is a native owl, kingfisher, and weka, which is New Zealand's endemic flightless rail. So, Mr. Tuatara, Ms. Tuatara, whatever gender you may be, I wish you the best of luck. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there.
Thank you, Adam Ant and the Adam Ant Ants. That was Dog Eat Dog. Good luck to that little tour, Tara. There's a really cute picture of it, if you call that sort of thing cute. I think it's cute. At scoop.co.newzealand. Sorry, scoop.co.nz. Well, before we wrap up Pandora's Lunchbox, food, culture, etc., cinema, you know, here's the thing. The Ann Arbor Film Festival is next week, starting on Tuesday and running through Sunday. There's a whole lot going on in the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Talked about it a bit last week, and I'm going to talk about it as well next week. The Ann Arbor Film Festival has films from around the world. It has documentaries. (laughs) <laughs> documentaries, narrative films, and experimental films, too, and people who talk even better than me. That's all at the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Holy moly. And that is at aafilmfest.org. You can find out all about that. It's at the Michigan Theater, March 24th through the 29th. There's going to be guests with seminars. There's going to be films and other stuff. So find out all about that at aafilmfest.org. And we'll talk about that again next week. But let's get out of here. Get ready to help Arwolf, who will help you face the music, with a gratuitous fish reference. Because we were talking about Albert Herring earlier. Again, Albert Herring is going to be put on by the University Opera Theater tonight at 7.30, Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m., Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Mendelssohn Theater in Ann Arbor. So, Herring, fish, a song about food. How about seafood? This is called A Seafood Song. It's by the Divine Comedy. Some would say that the Benjamin Britten play is a Divine Comedy. Wouldn't you know how these things all come together? This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for at least a half hour. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Don't stop doing that.
It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. We are the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement broadcasting from the University of Michigan. This is experimental radio run by students with lots of assistance from regular working folks who live in and around Ann Arbor. Tonight on Face the Music, another core sample reflecting, we hope, the real background behind the human condition. We begin with an aria with words by Bertolt Brecht. Oh 